Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hello, friends. It's Erin back on the mic for another episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. The name of today's game is Hormones. So we're going to do a new summer series, like little hormone shorties, 20 minutes or less, answering all of your questions about hormones hormones. Listen, if you want to submit a question, head over to Instagram. I'm doing a poll every single week. So I make sure that I curate the content that you want, that you need. So if you follow my stories, there will be a sticker where you could submit questions. And this is basically a call and response. So I am answering literally your questions, the ones that you put in. So be sure to be following me on Instagram at the functional nutritionist, and uh, we can answer up all your hormone cues because there's a lot of them. Hormones are kind of confusing, right? So we want to clear up some of that confusion to the best of our ability and try to simplify all of these things that are cruising around in our bodies. Today, specifically, I'm talking about hormone lab testing, estrogen dominance, low progesterone, what to do about that, and then at-home ways to balance hormones. I boil it down to the three S's, so you're going to want to stay tuned For that, if you're dealing with some hormone stuff, consider signing up for your hormone revival. That is my three-month program. I offer it twice a year. Next one opens up in September. Get yourself on the list. Go to erinholthealth.com forward slash hormones. And that's how you get on the waiting list. We open up registration to the wait list first, and we also offer a early bird discount. And that coupon code is only sent out to our wait list. So it does behoove you to get on that list. And we got some YHR updates. Um, I will be giving you more details as we get closer to the program, but we're really, we've spent a lot of time, attention, care, and thought figuring out how we can update this program to the best of its ability. This program's a game changer. You can talk to folks who have gone through it. It really and truly is. Uh, But we wanted to build in more support. And um, so there's more coaching from me. There's the option to have one-on-one appointments to go over your entire health history and your Dutch test results and your thyroid hormone results. So not only do you get the test, do you get the the analyzation, do you get the protocol, but you actually get to chat one-on-one to go over all of those uh, details. And what's brand spanking new is that we're doing two different tiers. So you can choose that with the one-on-one, the, the the tier that I just discussed with the one-on-one and the lab testing, or or 
you can choose to not do lab testing and to just run through the program. The course itself is rich with information. It, this is like the way I think about it. It's like everything you've never been taught about your body. Um, these female bodies can be very confusing. And so we really go into all things um, hormones. So you have a deep, deep, deep understanding. So if you're somebody who loves information, this program is awesome for you. And you can implement a lot of changes even without the lab test. I'm a, I'm a lab test junkie, as you'll learn in a second, but um, we also can make changes without lab testing. You also get access to the community, which is a really support supportive environment, and then the coaching that I discussed, as well as a lot of uh, hormone supportive practices. Um, so practices that you can put in place to actually balance out your hormones. So be on the lookout for that. Um, like I said, I'll be giving you more information as we get closer to September. Before hitting play on today's ep, I do want to show, shout out our show sponsors. So we're talking about hormones. And one thing, one of the big questions that I get is the gut hormone connection. And there's a big connection. So our hormones can influence our gut and our gut can influence our hormones. If this is a brand new concept to you or you want to tear into this a little bit more, check out episode 138 entitled How Hormones Influence the Gut. And I really do a deep dive there, but the gut can influence the hormones as well. So if you're trying to balance your hormones, it makes good sense to support your gut health. And you've heard me say it before, and I will certainly say it again, that gut health is more than just taking a probiotic for sure. But it does make good sense to be on a daily probiotic. If you've got GI issues, if you have immune issues, if you have hormone imbalance, this is the advice that I generally give to my family, my friends, my clients. And the product that I most recommend is BioCult Boosted. So you can check them out using the link in our bio and you can use code FUNK15 to save 15%. It's really good well-studied, well-researched product with a really good price point. And since you're here to learn about hormones today, I have to mention Organifi's Harmony Blend, which contains maca, it contains chase tree berry, and different herbs and plants that do help to bring about hormone balance. It's also delicious. It's a, it's it's all packaged up in a chocolatey treat. It's really tasty. So you can serve it hot, mix it up with some milk or non-dairy milk. Um, if you're trying to cut back on your caffeine intake, which is a, not a bad idea if you're struggling with hormone imbalance, um, you could use this as a coffee replacement even, either in the morning or midday. I also, I love to throw my Organifi powders in my smoothies. So you could do that as well. You know, kind of like throw in some peanut butter and some it's sweetened so you can do the the harmony powder peanut butter and maybe some banana and um frozen cauliflower rice that is a really really yummy blend i love frozen cauliflower rice in my smoothies it helps to thicken it up it gets you those cruciferous veggies which is important for uh estrogen clearance we're going to talk about that in today's show too so get those cruciferous veggies in especially if you struggle with estrogen dominance it helps to swoop the estrogen right out the body um and so check out organifi o-r-g-a-n-i-f-i.com and use up the the link in the show notes you could also use our coupon code funk 20, which saves you 20%. All right, without much further ado, let's talk hormones. Hello, friends. We're talking hormones today. I got tons of questions submitted, and um, my plan is to chat for like a cool 15, 20. Um, 
that's when attention span starts to fizzle out. So I'll come back later and do more, make sure I get all the questions answered up. Um, so this could be like a series or something. I don't know. I think I can actually do a series here. So I got to figure out how to do that. But today I'm just going to answer some questions and we'll just rip the bandaid off and get it going. One of the questions was, is it important to judge treatments by lab results or how you feel? Love this question. It's why I'm starting off with this one because first of all, I will say I'm a I'm a huge fan of labs. Um, I do a lot of lab testing in my practice. We do uh, Dutch testing and thyroid testing in your hormone revival. So I am about it, about it with the labs. However, I definitely am seeing a trend in the functional medicine, functional nutrition space where some of us have become overly reliant on labs. So we have to be mindful of this too. And I am always going to prioritize the human being sitting in front of me through the screen um, than the data. And I think if we get too hyper-focused on labs, too hyper-focused on data, too hyper-focused on like the information right in front of our screen, then we can miss the human being behind the data. And that really does a huge disservice. So we can sort of forget that there's a real art form and a real skill set to listening and conversation. And if we've got the, our eyes in the data, we can miss that, that, that conversation piece. And we have to, as clinicians, get really skilled at kind of like listening between, you know, hearing the things that maybe the, the client isn't saying and being able to like pull out those threads. And so if we're just hyper-focused on data, we miss that. So I want to preface what I'm about to say with that because how clinically speaking, the best way to go about it is to run a lab, do an intervention, and then to retest. I've heard it said that the most important test is what? The second test, because that actually shows did the intervention work. Now, having said that, um, these functional labs that we run are not inexpensive. And so if somebody's feeling a lot better after we do some type of intervention, that, then I will always defer to them. Like, do you want to run the lab, rerun the lab? Some people are data junkies and they need to see that, that things are looking good. They need to see that for their own peace of mind. So of course we'll rerun the lab, but I'm not forcing people to do that um, if they're feeling better. I'm always going to listen to the lived experience of the human being over and above uh, seeking out more data. So hopefully that, that answered that question. If you're feeling good, you can trust that. I think, I think um, we have to always be leading ourselves back to ourselves and trusting us or ourselves. And as clinicians, it's really important to be doing that for our clients and our patients. Um, the next question was about estrogen dominance. Why should we care about estrogen dominance? Well, it can make us feel kind of yucky. Um, estrogen dom signs of estrogen dominance are tender breasts, especially around period, um, mood swings like heavy PMS, uh, fibrocystic breasts. We can see fibroids. We can see heavy bleeding. Um, and this is because estrogen is really almost like a growth hormone. Estrogen builds. Estrogen can make things grow. And if it's unmatched by progesterone, I think of estrogen and progesterone working in almost like a symphony. Um, 
I really don't know anything about like orchestras or anything. So that's just like my imagination, but they work together in a, like a very delicate balance. And estrogen makes things build and progesterone how can counteract that. So if we have a situation with estrogen dominance, things can overbuild. And that one of the questions is how do fibroids and polyps happen? That's how things are overbuilding. Things are overbuilding and they're not in there. They're kind of that growth is left unchecked. So we can see really heavy bleeding because estrogen causes the uterine lining to thicken. And when we have a thick uterine lining during menstruation, we can see heavy bleeds, we can see uh, blood clots. And so these would all be signs of estrogen dominance. So what the heck, like, how do we get that? Like, what's the deal with estrogen dominance, right? Um, it can be too much estrogen, right? Just kind of like the name sounds, estrogen is dominating. We can make, make a lot of estrogen. Um, we can not have enough progesterone. So kind of like I was talking about that delicate balance where we, we can actually have a situation where we have low estrogen, but our progesterone is so low that we still are in an estrogen dominant state. So it's really not necessarily about like absolute values, but the balance between the two. Um, we could have a situation where we're not effectively clearing estrogen out of our body. So it's, you, we think about it, I kind of like reverse engineer it. So we have to poop estrogen out. Um, love talking about shit. So if somebody's constipated, if they have sluggish bowels, if they have incomplete bowel movements, like you poop and you feel like there's more left in there, um, that could be a way that we're not effectively clearing estrogen out of the body. Um, if we have not great bile synthesis, we're not making enough bile, that could, that could certainly do it as well. Um, we have phase one and phase two of hepatic biotransformation, liver clearance, and that really helps to clear estrogen out of the body. Uh, the cool thing about this, the cool thing about testing is that we get to see this type of thing on functional lab tests. So the, the labs that I would be looking for or the specific things that I would be looking for on a stool test, like a GI map, uh, beta-glucuronidase, if that's high, that can be telling us that phase three estrogen clearance out of the colon is not ideal. And um, on a Dutch test, we get to see, I wish I could like share my screen with you and do some things like we were on a webinar together because I would show you what the Dutch test looked like. But um, phase one, we get to see phase one clearance. And we also get to phase, see phase two clearance of estrogen detox. Um, both of those happen at the level of the liver. So we might not be making like oodles and oodles and oodles of estrogen, but we just might not be clearing it out of the body. Hormones, you have to use them, you have to lose them, right? So we, we have to, our, our body kind of deals like with hormones in the same way that they deal with, it deals with toxins, which is like, you gotta get rid of them. So all of that could be gunk, gunked up. Um, and then we might also be just in constant contact with xenoestrogens, which are environmental chemicals that mimic estrogen in our body. Um, we see the, find these things in plasticizers. So if you purchase food in plastic, stop. If you heat food in plastic, stop. If you drink out of plastic, stop. Um, those are all ways that we can get xenoestrogens into our body. A fragrance, you know I hate me some fragrance. Um, synthetic fragrance. So like your Glade plugins, your Febreze, your cleaning products, your perfumes, your personal care products. Um, phthalate is an, uh, phthalates is a chemical that helps fragrance stick. And that is also a xenoestrogen. So they, they get into your body and they kind of muck everything up and they like trick your body into thinking that there's like a lot of estrogen. 
So we can see estrogen dominance that way. Um, so any questions about that? I kind of just ripped through that. Uh, if you do have fibroids, um, one thing that you could try that I've seen people have really good success with are castor oil packs. So that's just kind of a pro tip since somebody asked about, about fibroids. Uh, somebody else asked, how do I fix low progesterone? And the first thing that I would say is we have to stop looking at our bodies as broken things that need to be fixed. So I would just encourage you to change the way that you think in the way that you speak about your body because nothing's broken. And in fact, hormones are really responding to what's going on. Hormones are almost like an alarm bell. If you have imbalanced hormones, hormones are rarely the chief issue, rarely the primary problem. Instead, hormones are reacting and responding to all of the things going on around us and within us. And so if you have low progesterone, it's not really like a project to be fixed. It's not like something you can go in and like take something for low progesterone. Instead, we really have to think about, well, why is progesterone low and how can I recreate a new environment? We can only make progesterone through ovulation. Every single month, your body creates its own endocrine gland called the corpus luteum. So if that doesn't get you to change your thought process about your body, to stop shitting on your body, I don't know what will. Your body creates its own gland every month. No big deal. I'm just gonna, just gonna make this gland up, lickety split. That's how we produce progesterone. The corpus luteum becomes like a little progesterone creation factory and it pumps out progesterone. So we have to figure out, well, if progesterone's low, am I not ovulating? Because that's, that's something that needs to happen. Um, or maybe I'm ovulating, but the signals from my brain down to the hormone producing factory factories aren't working appropriately. Um, other reasons for low progesterone, high stress, that'll do it and that'll get you. Uh, low body fat, under eating, either under eating carbohydrates or just under eating calories in general, um, under eating fat, any, any of the micronutrients will do it or macronutrients will do it or overtraining. Did I say that one already? And especially a combination of all of, all of those, we can see low progesterone. Um, sometimes thyroid issues can do it. So you kind of want to unpack why am I not ovulating or why is my progesterone low? We can't just like kind of go in and, um, fix it without knowing some of the reasons for it. Uh, somebody had asked about the progesterone anxiety connection, or is there a connection between the two? Totally. Pro progesterone is a very feel good type of chemical in our body. It's anti-anxiety, it's pro-relaxation, it's pro-sleep. So it just makes us feel good. So if we're um, low in progesterone or we're favoring a certain metabolite of progesterone, which we can see on the Dutch test, then we might be more uh, likely to have anxiety. So getting our hormones balanced does help with our mood. Somebody had asked easy at home ways to bring hormones back into balance. And so I had to think about this one because I'm like, huh, what would be the top three? I think she said like the top three. What would be the top three things that I would do it? And I would say it comes down to three S's, sleep, sugar, and stress. 
Sleep is such an unsung hero. We need sleep in order to build out hormones. If you have low cortisol, one of the questions about low cortisol, we have to look to sleep absolutely positively have to look to sleep. So if you're not getting like a solid seven, eight, nine hours of sleep a night, start there. Uh, we need appropriate sleep for other hormones. When we talk about hormones, we tend to think about like our sex hormones, but insulin is a hormone, right? And we know that insulin signaling gets mucked up if we're not sleeping adequately. And if insulin signaling is mucked up and blood sugar signaling is mucked up, then our hormones are going to be a wreck too. So it kind of starts with sleep. Now I know that uh, sometimes it's hormonal issues that can impact our sleep. Uh, but if that's not the case, really work on getting good quality sleep. Start to work on your circadian rhythm, start to work on sleep hygiene. All of these things are super, super important. Um, one of the kiss of death of good sleep is having a screen in your face uh, all day and all night. That can really interrupt circadian rhythm. So think about those. The second one was sugar. So when I'm talking about sugar, I'm talking about blood sugar. It is arguably impossible to balance hormones if your blood sugar is all over the place. We know that it impacts thyroid physiology. It certainly impacts cortisol. Uh, cortisol is a glucocorticoid. One of its jobs is to help bring blood sugar into balance. So if blood sugar is all over the place, if you're not balancing blood sugar through diet, then cortisol has to swoop in. Your stress hormone uh, has to swoop in and kind of save the day. So uh, really, really, it's why I, it's quite literally why I build the Carb Compatibility Project. It's because blood sugar regulation is so important and it impacts so many different things in your body from top to tail, including hormone balance. So regulate that blood sugar. Let's take a quick break to thank our show sponsor, Coyote River Hemp Co. They're doing really awesome stuff in the whole CBD and hemp world. They are using sustainable agriculture, community engagement, regenerative farming practices, really good stuff. I personally have been using their products, their CBD products for on and off for a few years now. And I have to tell you, this is the God's honest truth that I just feel better when I am consistently taking CBD. I go through periods where I take it every day. I go through periods where I do not. And I just feel more even keeled, more calm. And when I'm taking it, daily, I honestly feel like I just don't feel stressed out. And you know, that's not easy to say in today's world. So check them out, coyoteriverhempco.com. The tincture that I use is the thousand milligram full spectrum hemp oil. However, if you're first starting out, you don't necessarily need to go for the big guns. You can start with the 500 milligram, save some coin and see how you do at the lower dose. That's really what I would recommend, but check them out. Use code FUNK10 to save 10% off of all of your purchases. And stress is such a big one. If you kind of think about it, this is an over oversimplification, but it gets the point across. Your body's always going to prioritize survival over anything else. So if like there's two paths that your um, hormone creation can go down, it's not really that simple again, but if there's two paths, let's say one is survival and the other one is fertility and procreation and hormone balance. If your brain is stressed out, if your body and your brain is registering a fight or flight uh, situation, it's going to choose immediate survival, right? Your brain's just trying to keep this thing alive. It doesn't really 
care if you have like, you know, banger fertility. It doesn't care if you're going to procreate, if you can't survive this moment. And so we always will prioritize immediate survival over hormone balance. And so we have to really think about the different ways that um, our body or our brain might be perceiving stress because it's very hard to balance out the hormones if you're stressed out, which is why in your hormone revival, we're changing things around for September's um, September's round, and we're building in a lot of practices, like live classes. To I, one of the big things that I hear from folks is like, I don't know how to make time for stress management practices or nervous system downregulation down regulation practices, or I just can't do it. Like I can't hold myself accountable to myself. And I think in just modern day, we're so you know, busy and sidetracked and it's very hard to focus. I mean, our attention span is like what down to 15 seconds. I mean, everybody's like a bunch of people have dropped off this 15 minutes, 20 minutes is way too long, right? Um, we just don't have the attention span. So thinking that we're going to put aside 20, 30 minutes every day to meditate, that's a, that's a huge ask of our modern day brains. So I'm going to make sure that we have that built in and that accountability built in for those that need the accountability. And I'm really excited about it. All right. So I just hit the 20 minute mark. I can see people's attention span is flitting off. So I'm going to call it today, but I've got a lot more questions here to tuck into. And I will just keep posting stickers and just keep having these little mini hormone chats so we can get most of your questions answered. All right, that is it. I'm done for the day. It's 420. I don't mean anything by that. It's like literally 420. So I'm going to bounce, baby, bounce. Okay, as a reminder, if you want to learn more about hormones, get on the wait list for your hormone revival, erinholthealth.com forward slash hormones. That'll be linked up in the show notes. Get yourself on the wait list so you can access early bird discount. In the meantime, submit questions to my Instagram through the stickers, and maybe your question will be answered on the show. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.